Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Destination Disaster. I am your host, Devin Carney. Have you ever just stopped and contemplated that we're on a floating rock orbiting what is basically a hydrogen bomb that burns through over 600 million tons of hydrogen every second? Yeah, me either. I'm fascinated by the simple fact that we're here on a planet that was formed in a solar system that made life viable. If that doesn't make you feel perplexed, then I don't know what will. This week, we are discussing solar storms and what a damaging storm's effects could have here on Earth. So to start, I will share some information about the sun and how the star is able to give Earth life we have come to know. The following information is provided by Cosmonova.org and the link will be shared in the show notes. The Sun is a main sequence star and is approximately 4.6 billion years old. In astronomical terms, the Sun is relatively young. For those who are unfamiliar with how stars are ranked, there are eight different categories that stars can be ranked as. Number one is a protostar, or a pre-main sequence star. This is how all stars form. Protostars are a collection of gas that have collapsed from a huge molecular cloud. This stage in the evolution of stars lasts approximately 100,000 years. During this time, gravity begins to force the protostar to collapse, and what is left is the pre-main sequence star that will evolve into a main sequence star once the hydrogen fusion process begins. The second stage of a star's evolution are T-Tauri stars. These stars have not yet begun the fusion process due to a lack of sufficient temperatures and pressures that are required. Stars will remain in this phase for approximately 100 million years until the evolution process begins once again. The third stage of a star's life are called main sequence stars. Also called dwarfs, these stars comprise what most of us see in the night sky throughout the entire universe. Main sequence stars account for nearly every star and they can vary in size, shape, brightness, and mass. During this period, main sequence stars are in a state of hydrostatic equilibrium, which means that the gravity is pulling the star inward, while the pressure from the fusion reactions is pushing the star outward. Within the grouping of main sequence stars are red dwarf stars. These are the most common stars in the universe and are much cooler due to their low mass. These stars can save their fuel for much longer due to this. Because of this, scientists believe that these stars can burn for up to 10 trillion years. The fourth stage of a star's evolutionary cycle are red giant stars. This is the process when a star begins to die. The fusion process has ended, and no more hydrogen remains in the star's core. During this process is when the hydrogen shell around the core ignites and causes the star to bloom outward. During this ignition is when the star can become over 100 times larger in mass than when the star was in the main sequence. This stage lasts a few hundred million years depending on the size and mass of the star. Once a star has burned through its helium layers, they become white dwarf stars. This is when the outward light pressure from the fusion reaction stops and the star collapses inward from its own gravity. However, the star still shines extremely bright due to the immense heat that has been emitted. This process takes hundreds of billions of years to occur, and scientists are still unsure of what follows this point. 
Now that we know exactly what our sun is, and what other stars may look like in the universe, let's dive a bit deeper into the content for today and find out what exactly causes solar storms. Space weather occurs during an 11 year cycle known as a solar cycle. During this period is when the sun's magnetic field shifts moving from solar minimum, which is when the sun is at its most quiet, to solar maximum, when space weather such as solar flares and coronal mass ejections occur. These events can lead to considerable disturbances here on Earth to include satellite disruptions, GPS malfunctions, and communication outages. During stronger solar storms, these flares and CMEs can lead to blackouts that could potentially affect millions, such as what occurred during the Great Quebec blackout that brought darkness to the entire Canadian province of Quebec. Following this event, you would think that governments would learn from such disastrous events and take measures to prevent critical equipment from suffering these failures. As I've stated in previous episodes, the U.S. power grid is a significant risk of severe damage and failure if a strong enough solar storm with enough magnitude were to impact the Earth. According to popular science, the United States experiences more outages than any other developed nation in the world. Major outages affecting more than 50,000 homes or businesses grew 10 times more common from the mid-1980s to 2012. It's evident that upgrades need to be made, and the government must prioritize this before the next solar maximum occurs in 2025, to prevent any further damage to our already ailing grid. During these solar maximums is when events such as sunspots, solar flares, and coronal mass ejections occur. Sunspots are temporary phenomena on the sun's photosphere that appear as spots darker than the surrounding areas. They are regions of reduced surface temperature caused by concentrations of magnetic flux that inhibit convection. Sunspots appear within active regions, usually in pairs of opposite magnetic polarity. Solar flares are defined as brief interruptions of intense, high-energy radiation from the sun's surface. Associated with sunspots and causing electromagnetic disturbances on the Earth, as with radio frequency communications and power line transmissions. Coronal mass ejections, or CMEs, are best defined as an event in which a large cloud of energetic and highly magnetized plasma erupts from the solar corona into space, causing radio and magnetic disturbances on Earth. These ejections can travel at speeds that measure in the millions per hour mark. Thanks to the Earth's magnetosphere, the majority of incoming solar radiation is deflected. Another important feature that we must discuss before moving ahead with this episode is the classification of solar flares. Solar flares are classified as either an A, B, C, M, or X. According to the peak flux in watts per square meter of X-rays with wavelengths 100 to 800 picometers, as measured at the Earth by the GOES spacecraft. Strength of an event within a class is noted by a numerical suffix ranging from 0 to 9, which is also the factor for that event within the class. Hence, an X2 flare is twice the strength of an X1 flare. An X3 flare is three times as powerful as an X1, and only 50% more powerful than an X2. An X2 is four more times as powerful than an M5 flare. The Earth has experienced several intense solar storms that have resulted in communication blackouts, GPS malfunctions, and even blackouts. To begin, the 1859 Carrington event was ranked as one of the strongest ever recorded solar storms in recent history. This solar storm is believed to have been the strongest in nearly 500 years. Damage reported during this storm included the destruction of telegraph wires, with some telegraph offices reportedly catching fire. August 2nd and 4th, 1972, a flare affected both the Earth and Moon between the Apollo 16 and 17 missions. On the ground, the flares caused numerous radio blackouts and a spectacular aurora bright enough to cast shadows from the United Kingdom to Bilboa, Spain. 
According to reports, generally, some of the U.S. military's nuclear detection devices falsely suggested a nuclear bomb had detonated somewhere on the planet, and the solar activity likely caused several magnetic sea mines off the coast of Vietnam to explode. On July 23, 2012, this event, according to NASA, could have spelled catastrophe for the planet's electronic systems. If it had hit, we would still be picking up the pieces, said Daniel Baker of the University of Colorado in a 2014 statement. This statement also speculated that if a similar storm hit Earth today, it could have a catastrophic effect, with a total economic impact exceeding $2 trillion, or 20 times greater than that cost of Hurricane Katrina. Multi-ton transformers damaged by such a storm might take years to repair. The question still remains present in everyone's mind today. Is the Earth ready for such a damaging solar storm should we be in the line of fire? We are far more reliant on technology now more than ever. Smart cars dot our city streets and cell phones rule our life. If a disastrous solar storm were to impact, we'd simply be carrying expensive paperweights. An event like this wouldn't be over in a night. In fact, as you heard prior, these storms can last days and wreak havoc on ground and space-based systems that we all rely on to make our lives more convenient. As we enter Solar Cycle 25, there are several incredibly important events that will take place here in the next 11 years. Beginning in 2022, NASA will kick off the Artemis program, humanity's first time back to the moon in over 50 years. For these critical missions, solar weather can play a significant role in the safe operation of the modules and humans on board those spacecraft. I'm going to try something a bit different here this week. Instead of taking a break, we're going to continue through and discuss the theoretical scenario. As you know, anything said during this portion of the podcast is purely theoretical and is not occurring at this present time. On February 17, 2023, at approximately 2200 UTC, NOAA's Space Weather Prediction Center issues a 24-hour warning for an intensely strong solar storm ranked as a G5 on NOAA's space weather scale. These solar storms are capable of causing severe disruptions on both space and ground-based communication systems. Typically, only four of these storms occur during the 11-year solar cycle, meaning that these storms are particularly rare. While not much can be done here on Earth, many space-based telescopes and communication arrays stow sensitive hardware that could be damaged during these storms. On February 18, 2023, the coronal mass ejection slams into the Earth's magnetosphere, disrupting many of the Earth's satellites in low Earth orbit. On the ground, substations and older transformers exceed their voltage capacity and fail. There are thousands of these older transformers and substations across the United States. Blackouts are reported throughout much of the United States, and communication systems have failed as a result of this solar storm. Due to the blackout, auroras can be seen in Houston, Texas, and Miami, Florida, showing just how powerful this solar storm is. As a result of the blackout and failure of critical systems, car crashes, fires, and medical facilities report generator failures, causing those who may require mechanical breathing to be transitioned over to manual life support. These solar storms last for nearly a week as radiation pounds the planet, causing catastrophic damage in the United States. On February 23rd, NOAA gives the all clear and life can begin to return back to normal. Power crews are dispatched to many of the southern states to include Virginia, North Carolina, Texas, Florida, and Mississippi. The number of citizens without power is in the tens of millions and reports of looting and violence begin to surface. It will take nearly a month to repair and get the power back on. Those who are on manual breathing at hospitals are transferred to facilities north of the blackout and can be safely placed back on mechanical support. While no deaths are reported as a result of this storm, damage is reported in the near trillions due to the new electrical equipment that will need to be installed. Solar storms have the potential to cause immensely catastrophic damage. 
The Smithsonian Magazine has analyzed what the effects of the 1859 Carrington event could resemble if it happened today. A storm of this magnitude could potentially leave hundreds of millions without power and in the dark for years. The total cost of an even larger storm such as the 1859 event could be enormous and estimated 1-2 to two trillion in the first year alone, and a total recovery that could take up to 4-10 to 10 years in total. We are simply not prepared for what the sun could truly throw at us. Thank you once again for tuning in this week and listening. I have some great content planned for the season finale that will go live on Halloween. This year, we're going to take things a little bit spooky. I won't divulge the content of that episode just yet, but trust me when I tell you that it will be well worth it to tune in. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Destination Period Disaster, Twitter at Dest, that is D-E-S-T underscore Disaster, and on TikTok at Destination Disaster Podcast. See you all next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.